Well, hey guys, welcome back. We are cruising through the book of Acts. And this week, we are going to be talking about Acts chapter 3. Last week, we talked about how the believers were doing life together and really caring for each other, doing the basics of following Jesus. And it didn't just stop with their group. It continued outward and really impacted the community around them. And in chapter 3, at the very beginning, it starts with Peter and John continuing to do the basics. They were going to the temple for prayer. And while they were there, they get interrupted. It says there was a paralyzed man, and he was placed at the gate by the temple. And he was put there so he could ask for money. And he sees Peter and John there, and he, asks, he stops and asks them for money. And it says in verse 4 that Peter uh, looked straight at the man and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then in verse 7, it says, Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and his ankles became strong. So he jumped up and started to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. When I was in Europe the first time, uh, I went to the Czech Republic, and uh, I was crossing a bridge, and I saw uh, beggars begging for uh, any kind of coins that uh, walkerbys would give them. And they were, their head was bowed, they were on their knees, they didn't look up, and even as people put coins in their uh, little cup, they would never look up. It was a very humbling experience, unlike <laughs> if you've been attacked by uh, the homeless people in San Francisco who just say, I need some money from you. Uh, it was quite the different experience. And so, um, you know, it, it's interesting that they say, look up at us. There's an acknowledgement there. It's they want to see him human to human. They want to uh, empower him and say, you're a man like us. And certainly through the miracle, that would be the case. But I think that uh, a great thing to think about is when we're interacting with those that are asking for something from us, are we doing it so that we feel better about ourselves? Are we doing it so that we are trying to restore something that is broken? Yeah, and so this man is healed, and he goes in the temple and starts praising God. And it says, all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment to what had happened to them. Peter and John were just going about their day, and God set up this situation, and they were faithful to walk into it. They didn't see it as an inconvenience. They saw it as an opportunity. And after meeting this physical need, it didn't point to themselves, but it pointed to God. Yeah, I like that. You know, it kind of... Reminds me of uh, James chapter 2, where he says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Like they, they came to that physical need rescue. Now, here's the thing I think that sometimes, uh, what if you look at the verses there in Acts 3, it says, um, Everyone saw him walking around praising, uh, walking around praising God. They knew he was the beggar and had been lying around, and they were completely surprised. Well, I think that we might have been too, because I think what we saw before then, they saw Jesus doing miracles, and they're like, well, that's Jesus. He's, he's this superhuman. He's like Superman, and he can heal people and drive out demons. 
and now they're seeing followers do it. Peter and John, men, fishermen, were performing miracles of healing. What if we're called to do that same kind of miracle prayer and faith kind of things? Going back to James, James chapter 5 in verse 17 and 18 says, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. That phrase in verse 17 says, Elijah was as human as we are. Sometimes we elevate the early disciples, the apostles, as super Christians. We could never attain that. And what this lesson really is showing us is that the people were amazed that this, these fishermen were doing things that they thought were supernatural. And maybe it's an invitation for us to get more involved with people's lives. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't just that the, this miracle had happened. It didn't just stop there. Peter saw it as an opportunity to share the gospel. Starting in verse 11 through the rest of the chapter, Peter lays out the people's role in what had just happened with Jesus and how even though it seemed like a hopeless situation with Jesus coming and dying, that it was all part of God's plan. And he calls them again to repent and turn back. And he explains to them that Jesus was the Messiah. He was who the prophets had talked about. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 4, it says that over 5,000 people heard the message and believed. And I think for me, one of the things that stands out is that he, that Peter and John were part of this amazing event that God had brought into their path, and they didn't make it about them. It didn't stop with the people were amazed, and they thought Peter and John were cool and amazing and did amazing things, and so they started to follow them. I think a lot of times we stop at the good deed or the good work or the the God-ordained event, and we don't connect that amazing thing or the need that was met with the gospel. Not only did, did he point to Jesus, he says, you rejected him who was holy and good. He He explained how they had been interacting with Jesus. It's one thing to point out Jesus, but to call out and say, you did this, and again, I'm sure you didn't mean to, my friends, I am sure that you and your leaders didn't know what you were doing. Like giving people the benefit of the doubt. He's not condemning them. He's just trying to give them a matter of a fact. And the matter of fact was they had done something they probably shouldn't have. But God had his prophets tell that his Messiah would suffer, and he has now kept that promise. In verse 19, so turn to God, give up your sins, and you will be forgiven. A lot of times when we're praying for miracles, we think the miracle is the end all. It wasn't for these people. It, it was the beginning of a new relationship with God. Not only did he want to restore this man's uh, health and physical uh, ailments, he wanted him to have a spiritual health check. And Peter and John are pointing that out and saying, important that you realize, so turn to God, give up your sins, you'll be forgiven. I think that a lot of times when we're praying, maybe maybe it's just me, Sometimes when I'm praying, I know that I'm too focused on the miracle of the healing or the miracle of the moment, so much so that I, f- I forget about this person's spiritual health as well. Yeah, as God puts 
people and situations and opportunities in our path. Sometimes we have the opportunity to help meet people's needs physically, and sometimes it's we get to help people with their spiritual needs. And like Gordon said, do we just think about their need as just a physical need or just a spiritual need and ignore the other one? A lot of times when we have the opportunity to meet a physical need, it opens the door for us to help meet a spiritual need. And maybe the first question is, are we even looking for those needs at all? Do we even have margins in our lives to take a minute and think about the people in our lives or the opportunities that we have, the people that God has brought into our path? Are we so distracted that we think that we don't have any time to really focus on helping people around us? And not just the margins in our lives to to see those needs, but to actually walk in them, to do something about them? Or do we see those times as just an inconvenience in our busy lives and our busy schedule? So on Sunday, we're going to be talking about this kind of push and pull, like taking care of people's physical needs, taking care of spiritual needs, praying for miracles in both, being miracles for both. How, how do we do that? How do we do that effectively? Like, it comes down to desire. It comes down to open eyes, seeing these things. We need each other because I'm not really good at seeing certain things, and maybe you're not either, but maybe together we'll be able to see people that need help. Jesus said in Matthew 25, For I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick, you cared for me. I was in prison, you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you? Or thirsty or give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it for one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you're doing it to me. Jesus was concerned with both. So on Sunday, let's try to figure out how we can do both. Looking forward to seeing you then.